in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. I am not Charles Thayer. I'm sorry. He is he is out having a great time right now. Today, you're stuck with me. This is Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspections, and I've got our co-host for today, Bill Ulrich, also with Structure Tech Home Inspections, and we have some guests today, too. We've got Heather Rechtenwall with the Remax Group, filling in for Ryan O'Neill. we got all kinds of villains today, and we've got John Heinrich with Czars of Tar. Welcome. So we are on Thank you. every Saturday from noon to one right here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, or you can listen to us on FM, 103.5 FM. And this is your one-hour weekly source of home improvement-related radio. And we're going to get into it today. I have got about 7,000 questions for each one of you. <laughs> my, I have never hosted this show before, so my whole goal today is to not mess it up too much. If I can do that, yeah, we got some good circus music going. I, I don't know a circus for me on this side of the glass when somebody fills in because they're worried about, you know, they want three songs, you know, four seconds of each song mixed together to make one music bad and... You know, phones are ringing off the hook, so it's, it gets crazy in here like a circus sometimes. Thank you, Producer Stan. You you can keep me on track. I sure appreciate it. All right. Well, I want to get right into the guests here first off. Heather, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. I want to know what you do and why you do it. Oh, boy. Those are some tough questions on why I do it. Um, well, I'm a real estate agent, and I'm also a stager. Um why I do it is because I really enjoy helping people with their largest investment. Um, you know, buying a house is a huge deal, right? And so I um, specialize really in helping the people get their house ready for sale. Now, Bill asked me off the air, you know, how important is staging? And to me, it's extremely important for two reasons. People aren't visual is one reason. Um, second thing is most people shop on emotion and then they buy on logic. So we need to create the emotion of the room. Um, and how we do that is rearranging furniture, decluttering the space. If we have everybody's family pictures and all of that, then buyers feel like a guest at that home. But instead, we want them to be able to visualize it as their home. So that's why I feel like staging is important. Um, and that's why I sell real estate. Okay. And now for staging, tell me a little bit more about that. How do you stage a house? Do you come in and you tell people exactly what to do or do you do it for them or do you give people the option? Both. Um, I do both. So I do a consultation um, most of the time with the sellers and I walk with them room to room and they generate their own to-do list because then it's in their shorthand. And so I tell them very specifically what to do, but then we also go ahead and start moving things and rearranging things um, immediately. Now, if the home is vacant already, maybe they moved to California or you know somewhere else and their home is vacant, then we are able to bring in all the furniture and accessories that are needed 
to make the home feel like a model. And do you use like those blow up beds? No, that, uh, you can't sit on. And... No, that's okay. so scary. Actually, I have to be honest. I have used those before. I have to be really honest. And I've come back to the um, bed being flat. And so oh, I vowed it. to never do that again. It was so embarrassing. So no, we use um, real beds, sometimes a cot, but um, yes, real furniture. And um, if it's an old like North Minneapolis type home where it, the attic is converted into a bedroom, Room, it's hard to get a queen size bed or even a full size uh, box spring oh up goodness. there. You're so, telling me. Yeah, I right? used to have one of those. Okay. When I moved from one house to that one. I think I think we may have had a twin. Oh, I don't know shoot. what it was. It was just a little bigger than normal, and we couldn't even get it upstairs. Right. Yeah. That, right. That was really frustrating. Yeah. So that is frustrating for us as well because you don't realize it sometimes until you have it. So we may have used boxes for our box spring. Um, sure. But again, because it's staged, nobody's sleeping in there or doing anything. So now, when you yeah. go through and you're staging houses for people, or at least you're walking through with potential sellers and you're telling them, hey, you got to get all this stuff off the counter, you got to take these photos down. Do people ever get defensive? Yes. Their faces start turning red and they yes. get embarrassed about all this stuff. Well, and honestly, there's been a couple um, where there's uh, they're very meaningful. You know, maybe it's a large picture. Like I've had this happen where it was a mural of um, a spouse that has passed away. And so, I mean, that's terrible, right? I mean, it's very sensitive. And so I would try to explain to them how important that is to them and how important it would be to remove so that the buyers don't feel like a guest. Sure, again. sure. How so I often emotional oh, thing. Yeah, it is such an emotional thing and people are offended by their interior design. And so I often will say staging is much different than interior design. Interior design is to your own liking where interior design is boring neutrals so that anybody can mentally move in. Sure. And then if they have objections, like you were asking, um, I like, for example, wallpaper. Right. Wallpaper is so out and people still do a lot of wallpaper and they don't want to remove it. Um, so I'll say, you know, really be important to remove the wallpaper in the entry. And they say, absolutely not. And I say, OK, I understand. And then we move on to another part of the house. And then I always refer back. But if you remove the entry wallpaper, that would be more important than this. And we keep going back and back kind of. And then eventually the wallpaper is removed. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find the longer people have been in the house, the harder it is to convince them to change it? Definitely. Oh my goodness. I can only imagine. Yes. Bill, Bill for us, I mean, he takes care of any, any type of issues people have. And I mean, we're, we're going into houses. We, we inspect the heck out of houses and we tell people about problems with houses that they're, they're buying. Yes. And if sellers find out that their house was not perfect, oh my goodness, it, yeah. it doesn't turn out well. And right. then Bill, Bill sometimes will get those calls. You got any thoughts on this, Bill? No, I. my first question for you is, what was the strangest thing that you were, that you found in a house that you asked the seller, you've got to move that, you've got to get that out of here? Any stuffed animals, like pets, domestic pets? Yeah. That, uh, um, well, I've seen, what are those called, those dragons, those, um, oh, I can't think of what it's called. Um but as far as domestic pets, I haven't seen any craziness like that. I've been to a couple hoarding houses where you literally can't walk through the hallway. And again, you have to be sensitive to that because they don't realize it's hoarding. Um, but I haven't had any crazy things. I have to be honest, Bill. That's too bad. Nothing super crazy. I've been yelled at and said uh, that they weren't going to do the work. But 
You just stunned me with something you said. You said wallpaper's out. Yes. I thought it was sorry. Back. Bill just wallpapered his whole house. Oh, yes. Bill. Oh, we Bill, didn't I'm talk sorry. earlier. Actually, I, honestly, the wallpaper is really cool for a half bath. So if you did your half bath, you're all in. But if you did your kitchen, um, whoops. Okay. All right. <laughs> back to the drawing board. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, uh, what what are the top five things that people could do to get their house ready for sale? If they're not going to hire you to come in and yeah. stage their house, okay. top five tips. What do you think? Top five tips. Number one, again, remove all your personal pictures. Okay. Um, super important for them to not feel like a guest at your house. Number two is always neutralize your paint um, throughout the whole house. A, a, a boring beige everywhere all the same because the house flows nicer um number three is to um simplify space and then number four would be to let me think um oh gosh um again less is more is what i always like to say and then the fifth thing would really be your curb appeal. Curb appeal is huge, especially in Minnesota, because if the weather's bad, uh, people don't want to get out of the car. So no trinkets outside. Um, this time of year, you don't even need to have flowers. I know moms are kind of, you know, the thing, but you really can have simplified landscaping in the front. Now, do you ever get into the detail of like saying, hey, look, you got a lot more dandelions than you ought to have. Yes. You need to get some, okay, yep. all right, so get somebody to come out and trim all those, or get rid of all those weeds, treat them. Yes. Okay. Yep, we do the landscaping. I, again, curb appeal to me is super important, especially in Minnesota. So we do talk about the landscaping and all of that. Okay, all yep. right, excellent. And then that kind of transitions into your role as a real estate agent. Yeah. Now, I mean, you list houses. Where do you draw the line and say, all right, this is something that I need to get paid for as a stager, and this is something where I just give advice as a real estate agent? Yeah. Well, if I have the listing, if I know that these are my people, then I don't charge for staging. It's free. If the um, And that's one of the marketing reasons of my real estate you know, agency is I come in and I do it all for free because it's going to benefit me in the long run as well, right? It benefits both of us if the house is staged properly. Sure, sure. So if I don't have the listing, then it's just a flat fee to do the consultation. Okay. And I, I want to ask you more about getting home inspections for your clients yes. before they even put their house on the market. Of course, that's where my head's at. But we got to run to a break okay. and uh, we'll come back and we'll chat about that in just a hot minute here. Welcome back to the show. I'm Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspections. I'm here with Bill Ulrich, also with Structure Tech. I'm here with Heather Rechtenwald with Remax Results and John Heinrich with Czars of Tar. And, uh, you know, I realized at the beginning of the show, I didn't even mention the guys who run the show uh, <laughs> all around. If you need anything home improvement related, especially when it comes to roofing, siding, windows, all around is the company to call. And if you have any questions and you want to call into the show, uh, please do so. Bill and I are here to answer any of your any of your home inspection type questions, anything related to tar. John is the man, and anything related to real estate, Heather can answer your questions. The phone number here is one eight hundred eight five four nineteen seventy eight. Again, one eight hundred nine. 
1-800-854-1978. And when we left off, Heather, I was just talking to you about trying to get houses ready for sale. And I know I'm a little bit biased. Bill and I think it's really important to get a home inspection before you even list your house for sale. That's certainly not a popular opinion because if it was more popular, we would do a heck of a lot more of them. But there's certainly some people we work with on a regular basis, some agents who say, hey, if I'm listing a house, my clients need to have a home inspection. Where do you come in on that? And I, I know there's two sides to this. Yeah, so there are two sides. What you have to say. So I, I really think it depends on the client in a lot of cases, depending on what type of home they have. Um, but to answer your question, I feel as though it is important to have an inspection done before they list so that they know potential issues that can um, come about. If it's minor things that can be fixed, they can fix it and there's no questioning um, when if the buyers would ask for it to be reduced in price or to just have those things re- uh, fixed. Now, the, the a couple other things. They also can list the house then and not have a waiting period of an inspection contingency if the inspection has already been done and that they're able to feature it for the buyers. And that's if the buyers are willing to just accept that that's right. home inspection and not hire their own. Right? Well, that's where I was going next. Okay. Yeah, because then the buyers sometimes want it to be their own. And so then, mm-hmm. you know, is it a waste of money for the sellers, you know, um, and I don't think it is. Honestly, I think it's good to be equipped with information and then that way they can get their stuff fixed. Heather, have you ever had a, a seller do a home inspection? The buyer take that document, have the same inspector come out and just explain it in detail, help them understand what the first inspection was all about. No, but that's brilliant, Bill. That's what we should do. Bill, you're simply amazing. Wow. I say it every day, Bill. It's true. <laughs> I love it. I'm witnessing it right now. Now, now I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate and argue against myself. Okay. This is one of the <laughs> arguments that I hear. It's that, all right, now, if you come and inspect my house, you give me this written report. Well, this is all stuff that I was hoping to just kind of cover up. But oh, now, shoot. if you have it in writing, I have to disclose this. That's right. So what do we do about that? Bill, how do we answer that? That's a great question. I think... I think sellers, I think everybody in real estate's a little afraid of disclosure or they, they super disclose, right? And I think an open, honest conversation out in front is the best way to attack these issues. Yeah. I had water in my basement three years ago. Okay. It's never come back. We corrected the problem, moved on with our life. It's been great. Everybody's happy. So Heather, what do you think? Is it is it best to overdisclose? Is it better to just hold your cards tight to your chest? What's your advice? No, you have to disclose because it could be a big lawsuit. Um, so I do think it's important to always disclose. They're going to find it, you know, in the long run. So I do think it's super important to just be honest and upfront. And a lot of cities actually do a truth in housing inspection, kind of back ribbon to what you were asking. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cities that you don't even have an option. You have to do an inspection beforehand. Um, and what I tell my sellers in that case is it's a blessing because the sellers, uh, I mean, that inspection inspector is unbiased. So it wasn't hired by the seller. It's actually um, a city inspector. So they have no 
loyalty yes. to one or the other. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? And if uh, if anybody listening has any questions about truth and housing evaluations that you're mentioning, I'll tell you, I'm a licensed truth and housing evaluator. We do all the cities that private companies can do. Um, I know those requirements inside and out. If anybody ever wants to call in with questions on that, I can certainly answer them. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's important to have. Okay. And Bill, you had something else you wanted to say about uh, one, one more thing on that. Yeah, Heather, I want to ask you, um, have you ever had a, a home inspection company come out, work with your sellers, and just do a, a very cursory inspection where they're walking through the house, just identifying big issues? Like, oh, you might want to clean up that furnace over there. It looks a little dirty. Or get the, get a sticker on here that says it's been maintained yearly. Um Anything like that, just something very cursory to help set the stage. We talked about staging earlier. Do you stage yeah. your houses for the inspection? Um, no, we don't. And and to be honest, I haven't, thank goodness, I haven't had an inspector like that, but that would sure, certainly be a waste of money. So I do think it's important for them to research who they're using for an inspector. Um, I've been a real estate agent since 2005, and the company that I've always used is very thorough. So that's super important to make sure you're using the right inspector. Excellent. Now, I've got a bunch more questions I want to ask you. But first, I know that you've got a real estate update yes. to share with us. I want to hear how the market's doing. Okay. Yeah. The Twin Cities Regional Report for August. Um, so there's there was an increase in new listings. Over 5,000 homes were listed just in August, which is 6% higher than last year. There were over 4,000 homes that closed in August, um, and this is crazy to me, 100% of them sold at or above their list price. Wow. 100% of them. I could not believe that. Um, and then the average sale price in August was 2009, um, I'm sorry, 290000 which equated to about $144 per square foot, which was also an increase um, by 5% of 2017. One last thing is the average days on the market um, went 21 days roughly, which was 19% faster than 2017. So um, super fast. August this year was definitely different than last year. There's still about 10,000 homes that are currently for sale, which is about 7% less than last year, showing that we are still in a seller's market. So get your houses listed. Heather, is this uh, inventory constraint, the shortage that's out there, is it starting to loosen up a little bit? It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, but I, I feel like it is because they're selling faster. You know, um, the houses that are being listed are selling. There's still some out there. Um, I feel like it's loosening it up a little bit. Okay. And yep. so people don't feel quite so much like, oh, if I sell my house now, I've got no place to move after it closes. I'm... I'm out of a residence, so to you speak. Know I, you know what I'm finding lately is people um, are buying before they're selling in some cases. So I've noticed that new trend probably in the last couple of weeks, honestly. Um, they were able to, and that's a huge blessing, right, to be able to afford to buy something new and still have your existing home. But in most cases, people had upgraded, and so they had their home that they either had paid for or didn't have much left on it. Now, if somebody's doing that now and they're thinking about putting their house on the market, would it be would it make more sense to list your house, say, in November, December, when we know the market is somewhat slow, 
there's always this concern that you're going to have a house sitting on the market, kind of getting stale. Right. And then when you get buyers coming out, I don't know why, but our, our date, it always seems like our business picks up right after the Super Bowl. Yes. It seems like everybody comes out of the woodwork. Yep. Then. then they're going to see these houses that look stale. Would, would it make sense for people to just wait to list? I know you're going to tell me no, <laughs> but t- tell, tell me what you think about this. Well, I kind of go back and forth. And Well, just let me say something about Super Bowl. It seems as though, at least in my business, it's always been the hottest day i tell my clients all the time if you're going to list try to list around super bowl and stereotypically i think it's because the men are watching football potentially <laughs> and the women are shopping for houses i don't know i have never but, even considered that yeah yeah wow. <laughs> but it is a busy day so or a, a, you know that's kind of when the spring market begins to be honest um I still think that you should list when you're ready to list, and it's because there's always buyers. There's people that are transferring in for businesses. The people that are shopping in November, December, January are serious. You know, it's not they're just kicking tires like you tend to do a little bit more in the spring. Okay. All right. Now, if I were better with time, I would have gotten to a whole bunch of other questions I'm dying to ask, and maybe we'll come back to these, but we're up against a break. When we get back, John, we're going to learn everything related to TAR. To the all-around radio hour. Ruben Saltzman here with Structure Tech Home Inspections. And uh, we just finished chatting with Heather with Remax Advantage Plus. Thank you, Heather. Learning all about staging houses. That was fantastic. And we're and if you're just tuning in right now, I'll tell you, Charles, our regular host, and Nick, the Polish powerhouse, are not here today. They are out having a great time. They're they're hunting, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're out hunting. Deer and uh so, a little warm. So they're bow hunting. <laughs> Good times. So I am here with John Heinrich with Czars of Tar. And John, we want to hear everything related to tar. Everything. Asphalt. I want to hear it all. First okay. off, when was the company started? Czars of Tar. And, and you know what? Side note, I got to say, I, I am so in love with the company name. And my company, every time we have somebody who's in charge of anything, they're a czar. A, a ladder okay. safety czar. Uh, in for ITs are yeah. everybody's a czar in my company. We come up with little little titles for everyone. But uh, w- when was the company started? Well, the owner uh, started up in '91, and uh, he told me that he just thought czars of tar had a nice ring to it, and so well, it's end of that. And how long have you been with the company? I've been with the company now for this will be my I'll be going into my fifth summer next summer. So I just finished my fourth summer there. Uh, prior to that, I worked uh, in the asphalt industry as well, and I used to hire Zarzatar to do a lot of my paving work for me. So okay. kind of weird. I used to ha- have them hire them to work for me for four or five years, and then I came on board, and now I work for them. So. So I know you guys do residential. Do you yes. do any commercial work? Certainly, we do. And do you have an idea what that split is? Uh, it's roughly 50-50. You know, okay. we, we definitely in the 90s got going with uh, 100% residential, and it's been about the last four years. That was really my job when I came on in uh, a business development role and uh, bring on some some larger corporate clients and um, apartment complexes, retail, industrial, heavy industrial, stuff like that. Okay. All right. Excellent. And what's, what's the scope of your work? I mean, I, I assume you do seal coating yes do new driveways yeah anything from complete reconstruction installation um to maintenance whether it's fixing a crack or filling a pothole we do do those things as well so 
Okay. Um, yeah, we've uh, completed, I think uh, this year was actually the largest project I've worked on. Um, specifically, we did uh, two uh, apartment complexes, um, almost uh, $600,000 altogether. Uh, large apartment complex uh, repave, and so we're certainly capable of those larger products projects where we just uh, put down brand new asphalt, and you're looking at a, a long lifespan on that. And then we do a lot of maintenance, whether it's just a you know small driveway and in, in your and in, in your uh, at your house in your neighborhood. Uh, we'll come through and and do maintenance on those. Now let me stop. You said uh, long life on an asphalt driveway. What does that mean? What's an average life on an asphalt driveway? Most of the driveways that we're pulling out that are just done are at that twenty five thirty year mark. Okay. Some of them can get into thirty five years. It depends on your you know how much you've been staying on top of your due diligence maintenance schedule, and so some people like to do maintenance. Um, you know, about every three, four years, I think is going to get you to that 30 year. If you never touch your driveway, you're probably more in that maybe 20, 25 years, how long it's, so it's going to last. So three to four years is what you'd recommend for seal coating. Yeah, I think so. Uh, now, Heather talked a little bit about curb appeal earlier. And so that's what a lot of people will do seal coat, um, just to get that extra curb appeal, make it pop and make it look good. That new black surface on the asphalt. Is that something? It's so important. That? Yes, John. I think that's the most important thing really that the uh, sellers can do for their house. Good deal. I Seal agree. Seal the driveway. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, say that a lot to people. It's true. And it's a it's nice a, black look. It's just fresh. Yeah, you know, on your average, if I can just guess at an average price point for most homes that I've experienced in, in the metro area, you're probably looking at a couple hundred dollars to seal coat your driveway and, and get that nice black, fresh look again. Uh, now, sometimes you might be dealing with sinking issues. I've seen a lot up in the apron area. Yeah, uh, why does that happen garage. right there? Well, there's a few reasons. I think the biggest one that I've seen is that uh, it's just open uh, an open cavity. There are cinder blocks that go under that garage floor, and it's just an open cavity. And so I don't know originally if, if you had that filled with concrete or it was filled up with recrushed asphalt and concrete and compacted, it probably wouldn't sink. But a lot of times the builders just leave them open. I don't, I don't know why that is, but uh, about 14, 15 years down the road, a lot of the time it starts to sink a little bit. So yeah. what we can do is actually come in and just remove that um, that asphalt in that area or the concrete and then we completely just fill those voids with recrushed asphalt and, and concrete. how far back do you go if you're going to do this? You call that a cutout, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you want to go, you know, a good three, four feet, maybe from the garage floor. Okay. Um, you know, out towards the driveway. And that just gives you enough room to really access that area and seal that, seal that area up. So that's another thing I think when somebody's selling their home, you know, the, the last thing you want is to have somebody walk up on a driveway and think, oh, boy, this is going to cost $10,000. There's holes all of it, you know, and it might yeah. cost three. You know, it might be substantial, but I know some people don't have any idea, and they just think, wow, this is going to be a really big cost. We're going to offer way less for this home. Now, what's possibly. what's the average cost to do a cutout like that? Let's say you got to come four feet out, and sure. it's a standard two-car garage. Yeah. It's traditional driveway, that, just doing four feet out. What would someone pay to have you fix that and make it look nice? That repair is right in that probably 800 to $1,000 for re removing and replacing, coming back in with asphalt. And you're probably looking at another five $600 if you wanted to do a concrete apron okay. there on a two-stall. Okay, another um, five to 600 to do concrete. And you guys yeah. do concrete too? We we do. Uh, okay. And so concrete, you're going to range more in that $1,500 range, I'd say, would be a good ballpark for somebody. That's you the know, we, of concrete division. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we have some partners that we work with on our concrete. We don't do our uh, our in-house uh, concrete in-house. Um, we do have partners that we work with with our concrete, but we can take care of uh, everything asphalt and concrete A to Z. Okay. 
Okay, I I personally had that done at my own home back when we first moved sure. in. It was maybe eight years ago. It was all settled there. And, I mean, your head would almost hit the roof of your car driving in. And I'll tell you, <laughs> that was the best money we have ever spent. Yes. I think it was right about what you're saying, and maybe it, $800 to $1,000. Yeah, and, and you know, those, those should be like lifetime warranties on stuff like that, too. Because once you get, in my mind, once you pack that, foundation area correctly Mm -hmm. you're not going to have that problem again the reason it usually comes about is it was just an open void in there and those cinder blocks get moist or have moisture and you know and start to give way at some point they they get brittle so that's that's a repair that should be like the forever kind once you do that okay now on on that topic there's another inspector in my company dustin he he this guy knows everything about everything, and he said, be sure to ask him about infrared repairs. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> okay. What is an infrared repair for, for asphalt? So they use uh, an infrared machine. You can actually heat up the top couple inches of, of asphalt, reheat that. It doesn't work the best with, with uh, aged asphalt because a lot of the natural oils in that product have kind of already um, been dried out or worked themselves out over the years. But I'd say that uh, something that's maybe 10 or 15 years um, aged, you can still have the uh, option to just reheat that area with an infrared machine, and it's a, what they call a seamless repair. You know, So one way to do it would be to take a saw and cut out an area. Yep. Infrared, you can just reheat that area. Sometimes they have some rejuvenator, an oily substance that you add to it to rejuvenate that oil a little bit. Maybe add some fresh asphalt mixed to it as well. But essentially, you can just leave what's there in place. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, it saves also for guys who don't have to you know, haul out that old material either. It's all you know, and, essentially staying there. And what's the cost difference if, if somebody wanted to have that done versus the cutout? I've got to assume it's a lot more expensive for that, right? You know, it's roughly, it's about the same. You know, I really? think, it, yeah, I mean, as far as what, what I've experienced from people bidding it in the industry, we, we do some infrared repairs. We more just do it to um, work in conjunction with our paving crew to help make areas look nice and, you know, just kind of those final touches Uh, but there are some companies that actually sell those specific things versus removing and replacing and um, it's it's very similar in price Okay, Uh, because you're again saving the um, the whole transferring out of of that trucking out that old asphalt you know you're not actually cutting and trucking that away and getting rid of it somewhere so a little bit of a savings there yeah that makes perfect sense now, we were talking about seal coating driveways, and something I wanted to ask you is, what about the homeowner who just always likes to do it themselves? Yeah. They, they go to Home Depot or whatever, they buy tar, and they spend their whole day seal coating it. Yeah. What, what would you say to somebody who likes doing it? Hire the czars of tar. Instead? <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of knew a, that was coming, if you, but what, you, why? Yeah, no, I appreciate that question. If you... If you and my goal when I'm meeting with people, if they want to do it themselves, is to just help them get pointed in the right direction as well. And so that's to- totally fine with me. People can do a great job. Um, you want to make sure a few things. Cracks are the most important thing. And so if you're, if you want to make sure that your driveway is lasting or your parking lot for that matter is lasting for as long as it can, you need to focus on making sure you keep the water from getting underneath that driveway. So you want to keep the moisture out, seal your cracks. That's, that's huge. With what? Uh, well, there's um, we use 100% rubber, um, same stuff MnDOT uses on the highways, and okay. it actually expands and contracts better. And our freeze-thaw cycle here in, in Minnesota is pretty rough on asphalt. Of course, everything's moving around during that freeze-thaw cycle. Yeah. But there are some products that you can get at your home improvement stores that are made for cracks. I wouldn't say they're as good as you know the, some of the... Um, you know, guys in the industry putting that stuff down on, on roadways and whatnot, the stuff MnDOT uses, but it's still a good due diligence thing. You can do it yourself. It's very inexpensive. 
sure. you can stay on top of your cracks. Now, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but sure. are there any product names that you know of off the top of your head? This is a tough one. I'm really getting at, getting <laughs> at it. Okay, all right. I don't, I have, you know, uh, being in the industry for so long, I, I have some product names and uh, number DOT classifications on the stuff that we use. I can't tell you what, uh, I, you know, I haven't really looked at the Home Depots and, um, you know, Lowe's and, Menards. So. Yeah, I'm really going out of the way to help you not sell your product. Yeah. These questions I know, but yeah, this is stuff you. that people love knowing. You, you know, if I could say one other thing is just to make sure you have a clean surface. You can use the best seal coat in the world. If the surface is not clean, it's not going to stick the way it should. So make okay. sure you clean your surface, seal your cracks. Don't use a pressure washer hard on your cracks. Really? That's actually going to force right. water I, down underneath. <laughs> I want to hear more about the prep. We got to go to break. When we come back, I want to hear more about prep, and I want to talk more about what homeowners can do to get it right. I want to help you not sell yourself a little bit more here, John. We'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, you on the telephone, baby. I give you a ring. Welcome Each back to the all-around home improvement hour. I'm Ruben Saltzman with Structure Tech Home Inspections. I'm here with Bill, John, and Heather. We're filling in for Charles and Nick. They are out bow hunting. And, uh, well, I got to sell them, man. This is their show. So <laughs> I, I got to tell you, if you're looking for any type of exterior services that All Around offers, please check out their website. It's at allaround.com. They have tons of educational content there about roofing, siding, windows, and they have a huge gallery of all their past projects. Uh, you can learn more about different options there and see what best fits your needs. You can also click on Trusted Affiliates tab to learn more about all of us here in the room. You can uh, you can find links to all of our websites and everything that we do. So right before the break, we were talking with John with Czars of Tar, the greatest name ever, and we were talking about infrared repairs, seal coating, asphalt driveways, and I'm I'm really grilling him on all the details that homeowners can do to <laughs> seal coat their own driveway because i mean it, there's so many ways to mess it up and we'd we'd all rather hire a professional i think but tell me you were saying that you should never pressure wash your driveway well you you can you can certainly pressure wash your driveway okay. you just want to make sure you do it gentle and charles and i talked about this a, a month or two ago as well a little bit but the the thing i've seen people do in the past is they think i'm going to clean out my cracks really good and they're going to take that pressure washer and they're going to end up forcing water underneath the driveway and which is exactly why you want to seal your cracks to keep water from getting underneath so you're kind of doing the opposite of what you want to do there um, also, asphalt is just kind of more of a brittle and porous surface than concrete. Concrete, you can really get that pressure wash on pressure washer on there, and you can take off stains possibly and things like that. Mm -hmm. Asphalt, you're actually going to start to tear apart a little bit of the the sand particles that are inside of asphalt. It's made, oh. asphalt's made up of rock and sand and oil. You tell right? me now. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. You destroyed your driveway. Yep. Time to call a czar. <laughs> okay. Get the czars out there. <laughs> so, if I want to have uh, if I want to have concrete installed in place of asphalt, what's the price difference there? It, this year, I've been seeing roughly double for a driveway. I think is a is a normal uh, number. For example, if I you know if somebody that had a driveway that's four thousand dollars to do asphalt, um, they're probably looking at eight for for concrete. It's been about double there. So okay, and the, a good side of concrete is that you know it does last longer. I think in our climate though, if the sun pops out, you know it's February, your driveway is a little icy. The sun pops out, it does tend to grab that little black that is showing on your driveway. It's going to generally melt the ice mm -hmm. a, a bit quicker than you're going to get on on concrete so you're selling me just on that john okay good deal <laughs> less ice yeah heather and i were talking off the air about uh, about her driveway too so and what about using salt does it make any difference on an asphalt driveway 
you can you can use salt. You know, I recommend um, safety's got to be the most important thing there. For, so you know, you should be a little less concerned on how that's going to tear apart your driveway. I think the road salt and what we track on our driveways is a lot of time worse than what you can get at the store that's made for kind of sidewalk salt or you know around the, around your house or, or residence. Okay, um, it's it's a little bit less uh, destructive. Okay. You know, than even the road salt is. And so you're probably okay there. Again, I think safety is the big thing. It's normal to have a few spots where um, you're going to get ice in the winter, obviously, here. so Sure. And so, then let me ask you, have you ever done a garage with asphalt? Yeah, it's rare. It's happened once or twice. You usually will pave that asphalt first, and then a guy will put up, you know, build a garage there, have the footings in, and they might build a, build a garage there. Okay. <laughs> How thick is the typical driveway? Is it similar to concrete? Good question. Yeah. So uh, most of your new homes going up are going to spec out when they try to hire us or they want us to bid on those projects, they're going to spec them at two inches compacted. And so, and what we do when we sell a retail driveway is we do, we, we offer a two and a half inch compacted and that's plenty good. Um, you know, if you have, you know, extremely heavy equipment all the time or you, you know, run a, a home-based business and, and you're hauling stuff in and out and you want to have um, a driveway that can handle the wheel loads a little better, we'd almost recommend moving to a different type of mix. And so there's there's different types of asphalt too, larger rocks and smaller rocks, and some handle the wheel loads a little better, but maybe they don't look as fine. You know, maybe they lose sure. a little bit of that curb appeal. You know, um, the stuff they pave 694 with is a lot different than the stuff they're going to pave your driveway with. Um, so Do you there's certainly a the difference place? There. Yeah, same. The, yeah, the same place. There's um, uh, a bunch of asphalt plants throughout uh, throughout the metro area in the state of Minnesota, and um, they're all um, you know they, they go through a process to be approved by the DOT and make sure they're using the right materials and whatnot. So I don't know if it's as like it was maybe in the old days you could kind of get a good, better, best or something. Nowadays I'd say it's all good. It's just you need to make sure you you find something that's going to suit your needs specifically you know if you got semi trucks and you're talking a commercial parking lot we're going to use a specific type of mix for you because uh, you have semi trucks turning around in your parking lot all day and backing up the do- dock doors if you're on uh, you know if you have just a uh, buick and you're coming home to your um family in the evening and uh and that's the only vehicle that's going to be on that driveway you can use a completely different type of mix for that Okay. And w- at what point do you say this driveway cannot be seal coated? There's no saving it. You just, you have to replace it. Does it ever get to that point or what does it look like? Certainly. So you're going to start to see what we call puzzle piecing or alligator cracking, spider web mm-hmm. cracking. So when you start to see it get in puzzle pieces, maybe, you know, eight inches in diameter or something, that's, uh, that's uh, a time to start to look at it a little different. Also pitting. So you start to see those big rocks start to really show. It just okay. looks really pitted. At that point, you, you know, any seal coat that you use, I don't care if the bucket says 10-year guarantee or something, and you put that product on, if the driveway itself, if that asphalt's brittle enough where it's starting to fall apart and shed itself, yeah. any product you put on, it's going to come up. So at some point, you're going to realize, my driveway's not holding the seal coat anymore. Uh, you look at your watch and you say, well, this driveway's been in for 25 years. It's probably, it's getting pretty close here. You better start putting in the budget. And, and speaking of that real quick, I just wanted to say this year has been really lots of demand. Um, and, you know, talking a little bit about the housing industry, Heather, um, mentioned a few things that sounds like the housing industry is moving full steam ahead. Yeah. And, uh, so is the asphalt and concrete industry. I think there's a lot of optimism in the economy and, uh, people want to get their, their jobs done, whether it's residential or commercial. So if you're looking to do that, I would just ask, yeah, get a hold of us at czarsoftar.com. 
Um, but uh, maybe start to budget out for you know get in our our first in, in first in line in the spring of 2019 would be a good spot to start aiming for here if you're if you're kicking that around. That's czarsoftar.com. C Z A R S O F T A R dot com. Yes, that's okay. correct. Excellent, perfect. Thank you, John and Heather. You had a couple of listings to share with us. Yeah, I, I want to hear about it. I have a great new condo that's being listed, uh, or that is listed right now, at twenty eight hundred Hamill um, Avenue North in Roseville, and it's only one hundred and forty nine nine. It's a two bedroom, two bath, twelve hundred um, square feet. There's new appliances, new paint, new flooring with its own private deck overlooking a beautiful lawn and trees and tons of amenities, including a uh, heated pool and underground parking. So that is a is a must-see. Again, it's 2800 Hamilton Avenue in Roseville. And then today, there's an open house at 130 in Prior Lake. The address is 15159. Again, that's 15159 Jeffers Pass, and that's in Prior Lake. It's a four-bedroom, four-bath with a beautiful main floor ensuite. Um, the backyard is amazing. It's like a big park back there, very private. Again, the open house is today from 1.30 to 3.30, so come on out. And if people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they find you, Heather? Calling or texting is probably the best way. Uh, my number is 612 612- Three eight seven eight nine six six. Again, that's six one two three eight seven eight nine six six. Perfect. And Bill, we haven't talked about anything home inspection related yet. Whoops. Bill, no, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> what do you, I, you guys, guys do anyway. <laughs> no, you guys are you guys are way too interesting. We're we're on the show quite a bit, Bill. Anything that you're dying to talk about? Every time I talk to you, you've got uh, you've got two hours of content for me. Oh, that's not true. I, you that's got not 30 true at all. seconds on the radio, man. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think our when we're doing our job really, really well, nobody really knows we're there, right? We come in, we provide security to the buyer, we help the process just go on as it would be. So I think one of the one of the best things to to hear is nothing when it comes to us um and i'm just excited to uh to hear that the market is plowing ahead and hearing those numbers really it just it's outstanding it it bodes well for everybody in the business all contractors all agents anybody who's doing uh doing our sort of work so yeah yeah i'm i'm happy uh falls here and uh football season started and we're getting a getting a chance to get into our maintenance season schedule. So that'd be one thing to talk about, Ruben. Don't forget, homes oh need goodness, maintenance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fall maintenance. It's it's the fall maintenance season coming up here. Yeah, it, but you know what? It, it's like ninety degrees outside. We can't uh, even talk about this yet, can we? Nobody's thinking about that. I'll be on the show again in a month. We'll try to cover fall maintenance then. Can we just say Skull Vikes? Skull Vikes. We can certainly say that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's on everybody's mind. Bill, I, w- I want to hear the craziest thing you've ever found on a home inspection. The craziest thing I've ever found on a home inspection? Yeah. Well, uh, the scariest thing, not the craziest thing, the scariest thing, I was, I was crawling through an attic one day in this cool little house in St. Paul, and I, I kind of had to move from one dormer to another, and I turned around and to look to where I was going to grab next, and there was a mouse staring at me right Eye to eye. Oh, yeah. He and I. Mano y mano. <laughs> the best part about this was he was dead. 
and didn't hear me scream. But holy cow, that was that was the oh yuck. All right, uh, we got to wrap up. We're just about done for the day here. Heather, thank you so much for thank coming you. on the show. Any last thoughts? I just. Keep listing those houses. Get out there and buy. All right. John, what do you have to say for us? Get a hold of us at czarsoftar.com. Love to help you out. All right. Thank you. And if you're looking for Structure Tech, you can Google us. You type in Structure Tech, anything related to home inspections, you'll find us. Thank you. Thank you.